Viewmasters. It's the podcast that we do. Viewmasters. Talk about movies that we view. Viewmasters. My friend Eric and me, Joe. Viewmasters. Hey, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the Viewmasters, episode 339. The Boston Strangler. My name is Eric. My name is Joe. Is it the Boston Strangler or just Boston Strangler? I believe it is just Boston Strangler. Ah, I fucked it all up. <laughs> this this episode is ruined already. <laughs> but at least we sound damn good doing it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Both of us fighting colds and. <laughs> <laughs> COVID after effects, it's it's you know, dogs barking in backgrounds and cats banging on doors. It's, <laughs> it's it's a hell of an episode so far. A peak performance right here. Oh, <laughs> <coughs> uh, Eric, how the hell are you? Uh not great, Joe. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's it's all right. Uh, D minus. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah, probably C minus for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Two out of ten. <laughs> Do not recommend. Yep, yep, same. Uh I mean it could be worse, so it could be, I suppose. Yeah. Could always be worse. Yes it can. Uh for instance, we could be victims of the Boston Strangler. Ooh, we could, but we're not women. That's true. <laughs> and isn't that just lucky for both of us? It is. Male privilege to the rescue. Hell yeah, that is ultimately what this movie is about. <laughs> it's a pretty woke movie. It's it's uh <laughs> Oh man, what? <laughs> I mean, it is all about how horrible dudes are. And I, I wouldn't say that it's wrong. Uh, no, it's not. Dudes are pretty horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about, uh, before we started getting into this about uh, this movie being called The Boston Straggler. Yeah. Uh, about, you know, dudes from Boston who just get left behind. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I did, did, did just, I couldn't fit it in. <laughs> Does that... <coughs> God damn it. Does that does that tie into the movie somehow? Uh, Are no. there dudes in Boston just getting left behind? No, if anything, dudes are just persevering left and right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? What is what is Boston Strangler, but dudes persevering? <laughs> my my favorite <clears throat> Paul Bettany quote. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh I guess maybe Loretta's husband gets left behind ultimately. He does, that's true. Uh, but also he sucks. He does suck. Yeah. Uh, but also his his turn is almost immediate. It is, it's true. Like he's he is supportive 
a little bit at first. Right. Like, like you can tell that he's still very much like, I am the man, <laughs> and I am supposed to be the one who is career focused, right? And not le- and leaving in the evening to go to work, <laughs> while while you, a woman, stays home to take care of the children. But he he like he puts up a facade of being supportive initially. I mean, I and I, then, I felt at the beginning it. it it was very genuine uh but but also sort of like uh in a oh you and your fancy journalism right oh they they uh they they rush release a new toaster loretta <laughs> you gotta go write a review of a, a new coffee maker <laughs> what 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 goes into the review of a toaster yeah, that is, I I did kind of wonder that. Like, what do you write about? <laughs> I mean, it 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 toasts things. Sure. It didn't catch fire. I mean, those are positives. Yeah. I guess it's this, shiny still. It it was shiny. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess you write about the aesthetics of it. Because the functionality is probably not changing that much. Right. I mean, yeah, unless it's just really fucking up your bread, you know? <laughs> yeah. Unless it's one of those, like, you know how they make those, like, Darth Vader toasters that the pattern of the burn or whatever is Darth Vader's face? Sure. Like, I could see writing a review of that, but otherwise it's just like, oh, it's lines. <laughs> right. You know. It, it toasted evenly. Right. I mean, you know, like, I guess maybe you you check each of the the lightness and darkness settings of the toast yeah like how how, like uh, what's what's your toast setting (laughs) oh my toast setting is probably so like on a scale of one to ten it's probably a four and a half okay it's not bad yeah it's not too bad yeah i i i I like a a little lighter i go for a three or so I like it like warm and just a little bit crispy. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you know put some butter on it. Put some put some uh cinnamon sugar maybe. Mm. Oh, now I want that. That that sounds tasty. I just want cinnamon toast right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pause this podcast. All right, we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> and we're back. How's your toast? Uh, you know what? I don't have a toaster. Oh no. Yeah. Why did Why did you agree to take that break? I just wanted to provide you with some happiness. I I really appreciate your support. You're welcome. It's It's about dudes looking out for each other. Yeah. Much like Boston Strangler. <laughs> oh boy. So, did you know anything about the Boston Strangler before we watched this movie? Uh, no, I did not. I did not either. Uh, I feel like, 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 like I've always heard of it, uh, you know, through, throughout my life, uh, but, but I never knew, you know, the deal with it or anything like that. And I think I remember uh, as a very young child, there was like some sort of TV movie that was a, a, called some sort of variation of The Boston Strangler that, that I watched, uh, partly. Uh, but, uh, I, I don't think it was, uh, anything true to life. 
Gotcha. <laughs> like, like it was, uh, uh, it, it felt more like, uh, you know, dirty, dirty Harry to the Zodiac killer, you know? Sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Just one lone <laughs> cop taking the law into his own hands. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, what about you? I, I yeah, know I, you're, you're kind of into true crime. I do like true crime, but I did not know anything about this case. Um, I did not realize that it's uh, technically unsolved, uh-huh. or at least, you know, the cases are still open. Um, but I'm a sucker for, for you know, an, an open investigation, so that's exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I had almost... Like, it's one of those things that, I ha- that I've also heard of before, um, and that I've been interested in, but never taken the time to, to dig into. Right. And, like, I'd almost been waiting for the right presentation to come along like whether it's whether it's you know a, a fictionalized account or a, a really good documentary or something mm-hmm. um so yeah i almost feel like i'd been i'd been waiting to learn about this story for for some reason i'm not sure why yeah i mean i feel like i'm not super into true crime uh you know it, it is there, there i feel like there is an inherent fascination that is just sort of built into humans uh, that that you know you you just naturally have and uh, you know so so there there's always that part of me but but I've never really fully delved into that kind of thing uh, like like you know true crime podcasts obviously are like the the biggest uh, sort of you know kind of the end thing i guess right well they invented podcasts well sure of course yeah <laughs> <clears throat> uh but like you know I, I, I tried to listen to like uh my favorite murder is the one that i attempted to to get into which i figured you know this is accessible to me because it's comedians and uh i like karen gilgariff and, and okay so we can we can work with this but then it just got to be just not my thing yeah i i listened to my favorite murder for a really long time um and then around the time that like they started their own podcasting network and and the book was coming out that they wrote it just it it felt like it sort of got away from them a little bit so i stopped listening to it at that point like it clearly wasn't their priority at that point right and then yeah, I've just I've never found another another true crime podcast that I've listened to regularly. Like I I've I have heard that there's a show called Crime Junkies uh-huh. that I've heard is really good, but I've but I haven't tried that one yet. Uh, uh, I'm I've, I'm good I'm good also with comedy podcasts. Right. I think if I if I skew one way or the other, it's going to be comedy podcasts versus things about people doing horrible things. Yeah, uh, I, I I think it's it's. I definitely want to be more entertained than, you know, I guess, shocked uh, when I listen to podcasts. You know, I, I try to listen to them mostly passively, you know. Yeah. Uh, and comedy is just, just sort of better for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, listen to a lot of pop culture type stuff, you know, basically the same thing that we're doing right now. Uh, right. But with much better people doing them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and I, the dollop is is still a favorite of mine, but but 
here the focus on that is comedy over the history which makes it i think more of a better pill to swallow yeah i can get i can see that whereas like you know with my favorite murder it was always they they definitely put the comedy on the back burner and you know with with kind of good reason to do so yeah you know but but uh definitely didn't make for anything that i found entertaining or interesting uh and definitely not something that i would become obsessed with like apparently the majority of america <laughs> right <laughs> uh that said you know like i, I listened to uh Patton Oswald's late wife uh, wrote a book that that he helped finish, like when she died, right. uh, about the the Golden State Killer. I listened to that audio book, which was very interesting. Uh, but for, yeah, for the most part, you know, like, and I, I'm I do have that sort of again inherent fascination with like serial killers, and I know a lot about serial killers more than maybe is socially acceptable, but yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's also just sort of, it's a passing interest and in, in not anything that I, I just spent, you know, hours reading about or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember being in high school with my first computer in my bedroom and staying up way too late going down, you know, dial up internet rabbit holes about. <laughs> Well, first of all, the JFK assassination. Well, sure. <laughs> but then also, like, Zodiac and Jack the Ripper and 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 other famous serial killers that were that weren't primarily never solved. Right. So yeah, I I I, I hope no one was looking at my search history <laughs> at that point. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know, I I didn't have the internet, so. Uh... I just relied on the the hardcore facts presented by Oliver Stone uh, about JFK, <laughs> and uh, you know the 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 hardcore nonfiction story of From Hell by Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell. So hell yeah! <laughs> oh man, did you did you like From Hell? The I did graphic not. <laughs> no. Yeah, I I tried to read it like three or four different times, and I could just never really get into it or get much into it like i never finished it for sure yeah there's like a there's a an extended sequence about obelisks <laughs> that that i was just like what why am i reading this but then i feel like once i got past that part like i had powered through that part uh-huh. and i got to the actual meat of the the sort of investigation and the story that that they were telling like there did come a point where i couldn't put it down where i just i just loved it so so i don't know maybe maybe you do just have to power through some of the minutiae maybe uh i feel like i i know what you're talking about now it's like when uh the doctor and like the the carriage driver are like driving through the city and like talking about like architecture yeah 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 yep uh that that was a hard part to get through yep yeah I mean, I guess interesting. Sure. If you're if you're into city planning, but I'm not particularly. I'm here to read about murders. Right. Uh, I just uh, you know what? I prefer the Johnny Depp movie anyway. So. Oh no. 
This is not that kind of podcast. <laughs> Please, I don't want it to become that kind of podcast. Uh, it won't be. <laughs> okay. Boston Strangler. Boston Strangler. Yep. There, that's there you all, go. That's as much as I got. <laughs> uh, so, I yeah, what did, what did you think of this movie? Uh, okay, so this is uh, our second attempt at trying to, to, to watch this movie. Uh, last week, we were going to watch it. And, uh, I told you that, like, ten minutes in, I fell asleep. I just passed the fuck out. Um, and you know, said, Let, let's postpone. Uh, happened again. Oh no. Uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> now, admittedly, not having a great week. Yeah. Not uh, feeling well. Not, not feeling well, you know, mentally and physically. Uh, but still, uh, I fell asleep. A lot in this uh-huh. movie. <laughs> I I honestly just think this movie's boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um and that ultimately like there wasn't anything in it for me to give a damn about. <laughs> okay. Uh you know, like uh I didn't care about Loretta or Jean at all. Oh, no. Uh, and, and felt that they were just kind of empty characters. That That's, you know, you know we, we briefly mentioned in the last episode, like, because when you described this, I was like, oh, it's kind of like Zodiac then, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, and, you know, I, I did not care for Zodiac when I watched it. You know, I, I do kind of want to watch it again, but at least I remember things about that movie, and I remember things about the the characters in that movie. Obviously, you know, based on real people, but like they all had something about them to like grab onto. Yeah, and I didn't feel any of that <laughs> with uh, the Loretta character, the Jean character, who, who I feel like are supposed to be, you know, are, are two footholds into this story yeah i mean i definitely i feel like loretta loretta more than gene like we we get very little of gene outside of the office uh, right. or you know outside of work um but yeah L- loretta i i think they they don't do enough to establish her motivation beyond just wanting to do the best that she can and to you know show Show these men that she can do it, right? She's, like I she's feel just like tired of reviewing toasters. Yeah, and I mean, I and I feel like there's they <clears throat> sort of glance in the direction of, you know, she wants to get justice for these victims who who everyone wants to to just sort of sweep under the rug and move on from, and and like I said, they sort of glance in that direction when she visits one of the victims' mother, right? But. But like that's, I feel like all we really get there. Like it's not, it's not, and I'm not saying I need everything to be spelled out. Right. But, but it's it's not even, you know, just the groundwork is not laid well enough for that. Right. Because I do because I do think that's a compelling motivation. <coughs> it's just not established well enough 
to to really work. Yeah, uh, she and she. I don't know. She doesn't. Her the passion that is portrayed in the movie is more just seeming to be. Well, I'm just tired of working the lifestyle desk. I want to be a real reporter. Yeah, and, and not about you know here are all these victims. You know we need to do something. And like, like you said, it just kind of glances in that direction a little bit, but I don't think there's a lot of believable follow through with it. Yeah, and we get a lot of lip service about you know women being victimized, uh, but but like nothing to me anyway that I felt was. Uh, you know, ah, what am I looking for here? I th- I think I hear what you're saying. Like like it is they they make it out to be like when she when she goes to see the one guy in prison towards the end, and he and he delivers. You know, well, first of all, he delivers a speech that I had to turn subtitles on to understand what he was saying because <laughs> I could not figure out what he was saying. But basically, it boils down to men. Men kill women. Men have always killed women. Men will always kill women. Yeah. And and like that is also an interesting point. But but it it's it is seated. It's not seated. It's it's brought up way late in the game. Like there's there's a whole bunch of different points that are trying to be made here, and I, I it's almost like you can't decide which one it wants to make. Right. And I think part of it also is, you know, once Loretta gets off the lifestyle desk, you know, sort of, like, like she, the, the, the movie starts out with her, like, sort of tracking this thread between, you know, killings yeah. and, and discovering, you know, a pattern of sorts, and, and that sort of unlocks everything else. Uh, but you know she she only gets allowed to do that because she offers to basically do it for free, right? Uh, but then you know once she does, then she's she's in and it's good. Uh, but before that, like when she is on the lifestyle desk or whatever, like she she gives the impression that the reason that she's not allowed to do this is because she's a woman, right? But then also, once she gets to that point where, like, her sole focus becomes the Boston Strangler, like, there's never any pushback from, like, any of her male co-workers at that point on. Like, other than, like, the editor basically saying, well, you can't do this because you don't have a story. Right. <laughs> and, and it, I feel like that probably would not be the case in <laughs> you know, early 60s, you know, for a woman to be, you know, that kind of reporter, that kind of journalist. Yeah. Uh, even though I did have this thought, you know, I was like, well, Lois Lane has been doing this for at <laughs> least 20 years. Oh, I got huge <laughs> Lois Lane vibes throughout this whole movie. <laughs> and that was really nice. But Chris Cooper is no Perry White. He is not, nope. Uh, 
And uh, RoboCop 3 is maybe a J. Jonah Jameson, though. <laughs> what? Uh, Robert John Burke is the, this I guess, the editor-in-chief. Okay. Uh, the, the guy above Chris Cooper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he was uh, RoboCop in RoboCop 3. Wow. I never knew there was a non-Peter Weller RoboCop in the movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yep, that was him. Good, good uh, for Peter Weller. Veteran character actor Robert John Burke. All right. <laughs> yeah. I thought he looked familiar, but I couldn't place him. Uh, I mean, he's uh, he's been in like all the Law and Orders. Uh, okay. He he. I think he plays a uh, an Internal Affairs uh, investigator. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Constantly trying to take Stabler down. <laughs> you know what? That guy needs to be taken down a peg. <laughs> Stabler. I'm just. I'm just gonna say it. Elliot Stabler is a bad cop. Constantly with the excessive force, and just he's 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 too emotional to be a cop. I don't know why they let men be cops. They're just way too emotional. Why do they let men do anything? Right? (laughs) If this movie showed us anything, it's that women are better at everything. It's true. Except killing. Except killing. That's right. That's the only thing that men are good at. Yep. (laughs) Oh, I don't feel good about the turn that this took. (laughs) It feels weird to me. Let's move on. All right. (laughs) So yeah, so um, say Kira Knightley and Carrie Coon are the two uh, leads essentially, um, and and I thought they were both great. Like I think I think Carrie Coon is wonderful in everything that she does. Yeah, she was really good. I and I think the the fact that like you said, like we never see much of her outside of just being the coworker, uh, like. I wanted to see more of her. I wanted to see more of what made her tick. Like there, there felt like there was a part of the movie that's like, you know, okay, we've been focused on Kira Knightley for like you know a good portion, and then we sort of get Carrie Coon doing her thing solo, and I thought, okay, maybe it's going to be like a split kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but then it immediately just goes back to Kira Knightley again. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I think my complaint about anything that Carrie Coon is in is that there's not enough Carrie Coon in it. (laughs) I mean, it was like uh, the third season of The Leftovers. (laughs) Was it? I thought she was all over that. I I felt like there was like probably a full episode where she wasn't in. Oh, there probably was. (laughs) Oh, boy. But yeah, I thought I thought Kira Knightley was was maybe like I I was I was a little concerned um, when she was doing an American accent, but I thought I thought it held up pretty well, um, and I and I also appreciate that she didn't try a Boston accent. Yeah, uh, not a lot of people did in this movie. Yeah, which just they, like the the cops did for sure. Yeah, but yep, uh, which I guess you know, kind of makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know, there was, there was something about her voice that, that threw me off, that, like, 
it would just hit me on an occasion. It's like, oh, that just sounds off. Oh, interesting. Uh, but but not not in the way of like you know, like you said, like like she she never seemed to be trying a Boston accent, which was which was very thankful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but just I don't know. It just hit me weird. At uh, I don't know, once or twice throughout the movie. Yeah. I mean, I I think I generally like Kira Knightley. There's a there's a thing that. Uh, Jenny and I used to do a Kira Knightley impression, and basically the impression was uh, a quivering underbite, uh, which is which I feel like is a thing that she used to do a lot. I okay. don't know if she still does it, but like, like if she's playing a character who's really upset, uh-huh. it's like underbite quivering. Like that's how you know she's really upset, and, and she never and she never did that in this movie, which was which was nice. It felt like felt like you know growth as an artist yeah she's maturing yeah um i can honestly only think of one other Kara knightley movie that i've ever seen uh, is it star wars episode one the phantom menace uh nope Did, didn't know she was in that <laughs> yeah she's she's the queen amidala's decoy oh uh, okay i've also done my best to forget that movie so <laughs> that's fair uh no uh domino Oh yeah, okay. The the Tony Scott directed, sort of based on a real life thing. Yeah, sort of biopic ish. Yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, which I enjoyed way more than I think probably I was supposed to. I was gonna say I remember seeing that uh, when it came out and thinking it was pretty bad. Yeah, but maybe I should maybe I should revisit that. Uh, I saw a sneak preview of it. Uh, well, when it came out and uh, the only reason I went was because it was free sure uh, and, and my friend Bruce was like real excited about it and I just remember seeing the trailer I was like this looks terrible <laughs> <laughs> and then walking out I was like that was a hell of a lot of fun yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah I don't know yeah I, I liked it but also maybe going in with zero expectations uh, you know Maybe help it. <laughs> that could be. Uh, but yeah, she she's. Uh, I'm trying to think of other stuff that I've seen her in. Like she she does a lot of dramas, right? Especially like period dramas, like The <coughs> Imitation Game, right? Um, there's a movie she's in called Never Let Me Go. That's excellent. Um, uh, yeah. I just, what, I, what what is what is that one about? That one is about. Um, is it's, it? it's it's her and Carrie Mulligan and Andrew Garfield. I I have not seen that movie, but I have read that book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The movie's great. Okay. I, I enjoyed the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I, I like her. I like her in general, and and I thought she was really good in this. Um. Just wish that they had fleshed out the the character a little bit more. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Like like. You know, they they feel it feels like they they kept trying to horn in this like family drama in, in with it, but like none of it like other than her husband making a complete face turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, I like the movie spans uh like what four years something yeah, like that. Yeah, four four or five years something like that. <laughs> uh, which uh. I did do a little bit of wicking before we started, because uh, the movie sort of 
starts to wrap up when uh, <coughs> the the alleged killer, uh, Albert DeSalvo, uh, gets uh, killed in prison. Right. Uh, but but uh, he actually got killed in prison in 1973. Okay. Uh, but but it, the the movie doesn't seem to to go into the 70s it seems to kind of end things around like 1965 1966 yeah from from what i read they they sort of just compressed the timeline of some things yeah also uh albert DeSalvo played by david dasmalshin who i love the famed comic book writer yes exactly yeah, yeah. um so yeah that was that was fun the polka dot <laughs> man himself yeah uh, wish he kind of had a bigger role, I guess. Cause Me I, too. I really like that guy. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, there there are some recognizable faces in this movie. Uh, a lot of uh, unrecognizable faces in this movie. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> As with most movies. <laughs> yes, I also did not recognize every single person on the screen. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. Uh, well, I'm sorry that you that you fell asleep. I uh, was riveted. <laughs> uh, I mean, this this definitely felt like more your jam than than mine. Yeah, it's it's straight up a procedural about you know people you know investigating and and making. You know, there was not a yarn wall in the movie, but I feel like there should have been uh, at least two or three. Um, yeah, it's just, it was, it. Th- this was catnip for me. I loved it. I mean, I, I can I can look at it and recognize that there are shortcomings to it. Um, it is it is definitely slow. Yep. Um, I mean, the, the comparison to Zodiac, I feel like, is inevitable, and it's not as compelling a case as zodiac just because zodiac is so fucking weird right with the letters and everything um but you know i i thought the i thought the way the story was told was was interesting um i did think it was interesting that we see we see some things that no one could possibly have seen um like i feel like zodiac went out of its way to make sure that there is nothing in the movie like as far as the murders go Right. That that was not, you know, based on real people's statements. Right. Um, but we actually, you know, see some of the murders here. Um, and and so I thought that was an interesting, interesting angle to take. Um, and also, you know, when when they identify because ultimately, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert for this movie. The the conclusion that it comes to is that there are multiple Boston Stranglers. Right. Um, and, and, you know, they operated at different times and all didn't, didn't all necessarily collude together, but that essentially the Boston Strangler became a catch all for any man who wanted to get rid of a woman in his life who was a complication. Sure. Um, and, and that, that I think is really interesting. Um, and, and also like, the, the idea that there were multiples sort of popped into my head when we see one of the murders and like the the woman lets the the killer in 
and doesn't recognize him. Right. But the the prevailing theory is that it's someone that she knew. So so like that was an interesting interesting way to sort of clue, I think the viewer in on where the movie was going. Yeah. Um. And and let us know something that the characters didn't. Um. But yeah, I I just I. I really liked it. I don't know that I would watch it again the way that I watched Zodiac over and over again. Sure. Um, but but I did really, really enjoy it. And it and it made me want to watch a really good documentary about the Boston Strangler. Yeah. Uh I feel like you know, you, you did ask me earlier if I knew anything about the Boston Strangler case and, and uh I feel like there is some part of me deep down that kind of knew the multiple killer aspect hmm. uh but but i feel like and so i was kind of expecting it through the whole movie but but i guess i was more under the impression i guess that uh it was like two guys working together you know? yeah uh whereas the movie uh yeah sort of lays out that uh like you said it, it is just uh dudes who just wanted to kill a lady <laughs> who was just inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which uh, I think is, is spelled out pretty clearly early on when one of the victims, you know, it's discovered that, uh, you know, uh, she was pregnant from her boss that she was having an affair with. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. So that that's that's where this is headed. Right. <laughs> you know, like, it's just going to be dudes looking to get rid of ladies. Yeah. Uh, it, it planted some ideas in my head. <laughs> oh no! No, no, not at all. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I actually, I just recently watched a docu series on Peacock called "Myth of the Zodiac Killer," uh-huh. which posits that there was no Zodiac killer, just multiple, multiple people who took advantage of the press and you know wrote letters and whatever. Right. And I don't and I don't know that I really buy it. Um but also I don't I don't know. Anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. I mean Honestly, you know what what better cover, you know, if uh you know, if there was a a serial killer panic, you know, in a place where you lived, you know, what better way to get away with murder at that point in time, you know. It's true. Yeah. You know? Uh, so be on the lookout in your areas, folks. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, I, I hope that you got some good sleep while you were watching this movie. I mean, you know, uh, I would wake up and then I would rewind to the part that I remembered last and I, I would continue to watch. So, you know, I, I didn't miss anything. Okay. Uh, I, I did watch the whole movie. It just kind of happened in chunks uh and then i forgot that this was on hulu and then occasionally there would just be a commercial <laughs> oh god damn it because <laughs> uh, i uh. don't pay for special hulu <laughs> <laughs> nor should you nope <laughs> fuck off disney i've been getting it for free for like 10 years now i am not Hell gonna yeah. stop <laughs> <laughs> Is there is there anything that's making you happy this week, sir? <laughs> I know. I know. We both feel like crap. We both 
we've had some rough things happen. Yep. Uh. I... <laughs> oh shit. Uh, well, you know, I was saying before the show that uh, I was a little upset that I hadn't cried, and uh, I almost just started crying right there. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You know what? This is primarily a healing podcast, I think, for both of us. Yeah. (laughs) And I I would never tell you to stifle your tears, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, I guess, uh... I went to uh, a used uh, music and video store today for for a little bit of self care. Nice. And it picked up some some uh, Blu-rays. So so I guess that is probably the thing that is making me happy at the moment. Nice. What'd you get? Uh, got got a used copy of uh, Across the Spider Verse. Nice. Uh, and uh, a copy of uh, David Cronenberg's The Dead Zone. Okay, nice. The, the uh, Stephen King adaptation with Christopher Walken. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a copy of uh, Lucio Fulci's Zombie. All right. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Uh, it is a, a very cheap uh, Italian zombie movie uh, that is uh, entirely dubbed in English. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I think there's like two or three actors in it who are... English speaking and uh, everyone else is uh, Italian, uh, and it's uh, very the the Italians made some funky movies in the seventies. <laughs> uh, is it this, like spaghetti horror? Sort of, yeah. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's super gory. Uh, it is. Uh, it came out and was sort of. Uh, so when George Romero's Dawn of the Dead came out, uh, in Italy, they called it, uh, Zombie. And so then Lucia Fulci made this movie, they called it Zombie 2. Uh, okay. Even though it has absolutely nothing to do with, uh, <laughs> the Romero movie, other than the fact that there are zombies in it. <laughs> And, uh, and then I think they added on a new ending to it to tie into the George Romero movie. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but it is most famous for having a, uh, uh, an underwater zombie versus a shark fight. Ooh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, f- featuring a, a real shark. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> uh, and then a, a very famous uh, scene where a woman gets her eyeball impaled on a on a piece of wood. Oh Jesus! Yep. <laughs> I mean, one of those things sounds really cool. <laughs> I'll let you be the judge of which I think it is. It's the eyeball. I know. It is the eyeball. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. boy. And then when I opened up the case, uh, there was uh, an ad on the inside of it, uh, like a little flyer, the the, you know, the little insert that they stick into Blu-ray cases. Yeah. Uh, for a, an adaptation of the movie, uh, a comic book adaptation, uh, featuring art by uh, local legend Kyle Hotz. That's amazing. Yeah, so, so it came with some Kyle Hotz artwork. Nice. Yeah. So Very that cool. is 
that is the stuff that is keeping me from just not completely wallowing in misery right now. I, you know, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear that there's something. <laughs> I really am. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, what about you, sir? Oh boy, I I have a couple of things. I'm gonna go with the thing that I think will be the most surprising to you. Okay. Um, I watched uh for the first time this past weekend, uh, the movie Three Hundred by Zack Snyder. Wow. I know. <laughs> my uh my my partner wanted to watch it. Uh, we she she uh, said that it's one of her favorite movies. Huh. And and I was open to it, you know. I, I I sort of knew stuff from trailers, and you know, just the, a lot of slow mo and 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 sort of the the memification of some parts of it, right? Um, but I uh, I was really pleasantly surprised. I I I thought it was actually really good. Huh. Um, I mean the the story is relatively thin. Yeah. Um, at least as far as the all the fighting goes, it's basically just nonstop jacked, shredded dudes <laughs> killing people. Right. Which has its place and is awesome sure. in that place. Um, it also has uh, Lena Headey, right? Uh, from uh, from Game of Thrones and the Sarah Connor Chronicles, um, and I really like her. And she and her part was was a uh, you know a a, a a plot rape aside, I thought I thought her part was really really entertaining and interesting. Um, and then yeah, just the the visuals of it were a lot cooler than I expected. Like I I I knew like I've seen I've seen a few other Snyder movies. I've seen Watchmen and right. a few of the DC movies and yeah, you know, so Dawn all of them. The stuff. So I guess all of them. Sucker I have not punch. seen I haven't seen Sucker Punch. Thank okay. you very much. <laughs> Nor have I seen Rise of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. Um, so, like, I I knew that there would be somewhat slavish devotion to Frank Miller's uh, artwork and framing, right? Um, but I thought it was really cool, and just like the the way that it looked was really interesting. Um, I mean, I, I went in with with very very low expectations. Um, you know, it, but I, I figured if she likes it, then there's got to be something there that I will enjoy too. And I was, I was very pleasantly surprised. So I think that's probably the thing that is, that is making me happy this week. All Unexpectedly right. is Zack Snyder's 300. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now have you read the, the Frank Miller comic? I have not. No. Okay. And, and neither has, has she. So I'm going <coughs> to, I'm going to see if I can find it used. I'm sure that shouldn't be a problem. Probably not. Um, yeah. And then, and yeah, cause I definitely do want to, want to read it. Uh, I, I have read it. I, I feel like I enjoyed it when I did. Okay. Uh, but also this was before Frank Miller, you know, went completely batshit crazy. So, right. you know, uh, your, your mileage may vary. Sure. Uh, but, but it's also probably got a lot of problematic stuff that I just was not keyed into at the time, you know? So, yeah. Uh... But, but uh, you know, obvious. But also, it's it's a beautiful looking book. Uh, I think it's one of the last ones that Lynn Varley colored. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, her her work on over his work is usually pretty stellar. So, uh, if anything, it's it's nice to look at. Yeah, I mean, there there is some some problematic. Like, essentially, it boils down to 
a bunch of white dudes fighting off a bunch of people of color right who are invading yeah uh which is which is a little sketchy yeah um but you know if if you can if you can sort of put that aside and, and consider it you know as a as a you know based on historical events i i think it's it's not as not as jarring as i as i would have thought it would be right uh, yeah i i saw the movie once uh and it, i don't think i really enjoyed it that much uh probably because of the sort of green screeny aspect of it yeah uh i i know my uh former partner uh also really enjoyed that movie uh but you know uh, i i was never gonna give it another chance (laughs) (laughs) uh and and probably do less to the movie itself and then more to just what I feel about Snack Zider in the modern day. Absolutely. Yeah. I can totally see that. <laughs> yeah, uh, if, if I, I feel like I was somewhat able to divorce the movie from him, just knowing because it's such because it's an older movie. Right. So like I feel like the, the cult of, of Snyder was not in place at that point, or at least I wasn't aware of it if it was. Definitely not fully cemented anyway. Yeah. Uh it's his second movie? Okay, is it after Dawn of the Dead? Yeah. Okay. Uh, like I'm, I'm trying to think. Maybe. Yeah, I think it went Dawn of the Dead and Three Hundred, and then Watchmen. Uh, so so yeah, it's 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 still. It, it's. Him definitely trying to figure out what he's doing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, cause cause. I eventually came to realize that everything that I really like about Dawn of the Dead is due to the script, which is by James Gunn. Right. <laughs> uh, and less because of, you know, the direction. Which, the direction in it isn't bad, because it's... Uh, uh, there are certain people who just need to be told no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Zack Snyder is one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from from what I remember about Dawn of the Dead, it's not hyper stylized the way right. that that like Three Hundred and Watchmen are. Right. Um. So yeah, it, it's it's almost a more straightforward point and shoot. Yeah. You know. Uh, and and I think for me the the telltale was uh, when when uh, he did Sucker Punch, and it was like, oh, this is him. You know. You know the, the the proverbial blank check. You know this right. was his passion project, and it is just an empty, vapid thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is this is pure, unfiltered Snyder, and this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still no no plans to watch Sucker Punch here. I mean, you know. As an experiment, by all means, you know, uh, you your mileage may vary. Who knows? But uh, I, I could not fully recommend it. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, do you have a movie in mind for us to watch next week? I do. Uh, it is sort of predicated on the fact that we'll both not be entirely physically miserable. Okay. Uh, and uh, we'll be able to watch it together. Okay. Uh, because it is a movie that I own on Blu-ray. 
Okay. Uh, and uh, it, it is available streaming, you know, but but as a rental. Uh, so so force comes to worse, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I'll split the rental fee with you, I guess. Now, don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, but it's a movie that I've owned for a while and have not watched, uh, and, and I, I would like to watch it. Uh, it is called Shin Godzilla. Okay, nice. Uh, which was, uh, came out, I think, 2017, 2018, something like that. Uh, and, and I don't know much anything about it other than, uh, people say it's one of the best Godzilla movies. Uh, it is Japanese. Uh, and I believe Godzilla has googly eyes in it. That's amazing. So. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> yes, I, I know nothing about it, but if Godzilla has googly eyes, I am on board. <laughs> it might be my new favorite movie. <laughs> uh, well, let's see if it holds up then next week. <laughs> All right, Shin Godzilla. Yes. God willing, if we're both feeling better. I yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> All oh righty, sir. Ah, uh, well, it was good to talk to you. Yeah, you too. We'll uh, we'll we'll reconvene next week. All righty. Good night. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Viewmasters. You can subscribe to the show directly at our website, view.guttertrash.net, or on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit our website at view.guttertrash.net for information about our Twitter and Instagram. Once again, thank you for listening to The Viewmasters. We'll see you next time.